Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. To the Celtic State of Mind Wednesday bullet, and I'm joined today by Patrick McGill and John Hughes. It's now two days since the announcement of Brendan Rogers, and the discussion continues. You guys were on last week talking Brendan Rogers, but it hadn't been signed yet, nothing was confirmed. There's still perhaps some skeptics, if you want to call it that, although things looked a bit concrete. We we're just waiting for the official announcement, but that's it. All done as of Monday. All the details have been ironed out. Three year contract. And he's kept all the coaching staff as well, which was a massive talking point amongst fans. And when Cal McGregor was speaking after the Scotland game, he spoke of the importance of the continuity and the importance of keeping the coaching staff there. Patrick, I'll come to yourself first. What do you make of the appointment? Has any feelings changed since last week? Because it's all confirmed now. It's all official. So it seems like we've just got to put up with it, no matter what your feelings were. I no, I'm I'm delighted. I said last week I'd be delighted. Um, you know, when we were first linked away, well, when Ange was first linked away and we were going through potential successors, uh, Paul John spoke on here about having to be ruthless. And obviously Brendan was ruthless when he left us four years and four months ago. Um, but, you know, we are going into this appointment with our eyes wide open. We know what type of character he is, but we also know the job that he can do, especially in Scottish football. Um, we've given him a three-year deal. Um, it's 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 quite probable, if not you know, quite likely that you know he'll maybe stay for two three years, just see out his contract, and then probably try and move back down to England. Hopefully that's the case. Um, but I think he was the best possible candidate. Um, so you can't really have too many complaints, even if the guy is always angling for a move away. Yeah, it was 
important that we got it right. It had to be the, the best candidate for the job, and Brendan Rodgers was that. But as you mentioned, we're going into it with, with open eyes. We know what to expect from Brendan Rodgers now. So if he does sort of try to catch us off guard again and jump halfway through our season, we'll be expecting it. And any of these sort of quotes that he was saying before to get all the fans on side, it's all going to be empty words. They can't really play with the heartstrings anymore, John, can he? Well, first of all, can I just say it's, it's, uh, I, I didn't realise I was coming on today to supervise the nursery. Uh, <laughs> it's, 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 it's nice to see both of you talking embryos, having a uh, <clears throat> having an opinion on Celtic. Very good. Uh, but um, look, you know, I mean, essentially, it's a case of suck it up, Buttercup, isn't it? I mean, you 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 know, we, we've got our man. Um, he was the, the best man for the job. Um, I, you know fully admit to the fact I had a particularly bad attitude. Um, so uh, I I wasn't uh, shrinking away from uh, making my feelings known about uh, uh, Brendan. Uh, but ultimately, uh, really, does any of that matter now? Because, you know, it is in the past. Uh, I, I, although I did have a, a good laugh at the, feel, you know, the staged managed you know, uh, the, the two things that they did that were so politician on the campaign trail, like, which was, you know, uh, let's get to work. <laughs> so, you know, let, let's forget everything that just happened there. Let's get to work. That's what you hear from, like, the Tories now, and 13 years of total failure behind them. Let's get to work in the future. Now's the time. <laughs> All that sort of stuff. And the, the, the picture, the stage picture with Peter Lowell, <laughs> which I thought was absolutely hilarious but you know it has to be we need to address uh, the PR department sitting there going we need to address this you know how do we do it uh, and uh, get a picture of them together you know and uh, you know when, hopefully when uh, when uh, Peter Lowell walks away Brendan's back still won't be full of knives you know <laughs> uh, but uh, you know, apart from that, like joking aside, um, he is um, far, you know, on that list, he was far and away the best candidate. So, what do you want, right? You have to accept the realities. So, our options were a whole load of unproven guys. Uh, so, you have got a, a lot of, uh, you know, assistant managers, quantity managers, some of them with a record and not a very good record uh, in uh, management some of them without any record in management, or you're going to um, unknown guys, you know, the Ange Postacoglu's of the world, um, who we couldn't pass judgment on. You know, can we say Brendan Rodgers is definitively the best candidate in the world? No, because we don't know, you know, all the managers are out there. Um, but Ange was a huge gamble as well, despite his years and years of managerial experience. He was, he was a gamble, um, and it worked out incredibly well. Uh, so that's, that's your option. So it's either that or a proven manager. Brendan Rodgers is as high-profile, proven and experienced as we can hope to get. That's full stop. We will not get a manager with more experience uh, than Brendan Rodgers uh, uh, and at that level. Uh, so, you know, uh, I, I think I, I appreciate his warm has been, uh, sorry, his, his welcome has been very lukewarm. I have hardly been filled with an abundance of enthusiasm myself. But at the end of the day, when you look at it, uh, without if you just discount the past entirely, if Brendan Rodgers was walking into us today uh, as coach uh, and hadn't been here before, you'd be over the moon. You'd be delighted. Yeah. I mean, it's a huge 
big signing for Celtic, a massive signing for Celtic. And, you know, Dermot Desmond obviously had his uh, finger on the, the scales here. Uh, and he just wanted his man and went for him straight away. So I think we may have interviewed another couple of people just to, in case things didn't work out. But it was clearly Brendan Rodgers the whole way. That worked for us this time, didn't work the last time with Howe, which is why I was banging on last week about having a proper process in place. Um, and there obviously isn't really a process in place. Dermot Desmond said, Brendan Rodgers, that's it. You know, <laughs> so that's basically it. Um, so, you know, and fine, when it works, it works. You know, it's not the way you should be running things, but, when, you know, when it works, it works. And, he, you know, the main man um, decided that's who he wanted, that's who he got. Uh, they'll all be very happy about it. And given the fact that a lot of the stuff, the relationship stuff, you, you would have think had been damaged, was damaged with people who are delighted to see him back, uh, then, you know, that, that's got to be a good sign. Of course, discounting the, 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 the sound of distant screams from Peter Lowell's office. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, the, the, you know if, if Dermot Desmond wanted him back, then he's obviously not burnt bridges with him. Um, and there was a load of other factors as well that I hadn't looked at because I didn't want to hear what he was saying. You know, when he went to Leicester, he was very, very complimentary about Celtic, uh, which I'm only seeing now because obviously I didn't want to hear a word out of his <laughs> mouth at the time. Uh, <clears throat> so, you know, look, overall, I think it's a massive win for us uh, and uh, I'm delighted to see, uh, I'm really looking forward and excited to see uh, what happens uh, in the close season and uh, what happens in the, in the coming months. I think it's, a, it's you know, Ange gave us some good times and it's a great time uh, to be a Celtic fan. From a, Building from a position of strength with a top-class manager never happened in my lifetime. You know, and as, as we've just established, my lifetime is considerably longer than both your lifetimes. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what Celtic should be doing. It should always be sort of building on the success that was already there. And what a way to build upon that success by bringing in a manager that won seven trophies out of seven. As we mentioned, he's the best candidate for the job. And I think when you look at what he was saying when he rejoined, it, it was probably better that he avoided all the, the story stuff. It was just... I'm happy I've got my coaching staff, we've got a good team here, let's get to work, which was probably the best way Celtic could have approached it without causing too much of an uproar from the fans. But as I mentioned there, he's got the coaching staff he wanted, Kuehl, Strachan, Kennedy, they're all still there. It was a bit of a tug, and, tug of war for Kennedy and Strachan to keep them and what to take them to spurs with him. The, the, the fans, they seem to be absolutely delighted, and Celtic are absolutely delighted that Kennedy and Strachan have stayed. And when you look at where the position, the, the sort of where the fans, the regard that they held Kennedy and Strachan in just about two or three years ago, what how has the opinion changed so much on those two, Patrick? Has it just been because of the success of recent years has caused a blind eye? Was it overreactionary from hurt fans that were sort of sort of they were like we're hurt because we lost the ten, we were just sort of lashing out at anything that there was. Yeah, I think um, I think we found it quite hard to judge Kennedy after we lost ten in a row because he was obviously part of major success. From I think he joined the coaching staff when Ronnie became the manager. I want to say I think he was he was in the youth setup before that. So you know, he'd obviously been part of you know the majority of nine in a row. Then all of a sudden things go wrong, and he's standing by Lennon. Lennon standing by him. He becomes a manager. He, he only wins. I think it's I want to say it was only five games out of ten he won. Um, I'm not entirely sure on that. 
But um, I think after that, people are saying, well, is this guy, you know, what, what does he actually do? How good is he? And then obviously Angie's quite keen to keep him. All the current and ex-players are all highly complimentary. So, you know, the guy must be, he, he must be a very good coach, uh, a very good assistant manager. Um, whether he'll end up being a, a, a decent manager, um, I don't know. But I think it's, I don't know if it's a bit of sort of like, you know, we've won the tug of war with Tottenham, you know, they've went and taken our manager, they've tried to take all our coaching staff and we've basically blocked them um, from the, the paper, what the papers are saying is we've got a clause in Angie's contract that they can't take them, which is which is quite clever from us. Um, but i delighted. I mean, everyone speaks highly of him. Brendan speaks highly of him. The players speak highly of him. Um, I'm pretty sure Andrew was quite praiseworthy of uh, Gavin Strachan. I'm sure he gave him a lot of credit for the you know, set-piece defending and attacking. Um, so, brilliant to retain him. Quite surprised at Kuhl. Um, pure laziness from me. I'm just assuming that the Aussie would follow the <laughs> other Aussie down to Spurs. Um, you know, I, obviously quite lazy thinking, but, um, you know, definitely a bonus because I think he's quite highly thought of as well I think he was actually a manager before he became a coach at Celtic I'm not entirely sure I think sure. he got sacked from a lower England English job I'm not too sure what the team no, I, think it, I think it might be the National League he got sacked right. from right well um, Andrew's keen to bring him in and he, 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 he sort of took to Andrew's style quite quickly obviously quite an intelligent guy so I'm delighted to retain them all and you know just to touch on what John said you know building from a position of strength I mean, if you said to the, the entire support, you're going to be looking for a new match uh, back in January, say, January, February, and just going to leave at the end of the season, what's the dream scenario? And it's win the treble, qualify for the Champions League, have loads of money in the bank and get the best possible replacement. And, and we've done that. So we, we can't ask for, to the board's credit and Michael Nicholson's credit, we we, we might have used sort of backwards, uh, old old-fashioned tactics to get Brendan in. Um, you know, letting the, the principal shareholder just sort of play God, but um, we're in the best possible position we can be, in my opinion. And you know, it's the first time in my lifetime, and it's the first time in John's lifetime that we're building from a position of strength. So, looking forward to it. Yeah, it seems like it's only going to be up and up, and it's we've got the coaching staff that wanted to keep, and if the reports are to be believed, we've got thirty million pounds to play with. So that leads me on to I've been trying to get the consensus from all the contributors the last sort of week and a bit over what the expectations are for next season. Brendan Rodgers, he's done everything domestically, as I mentioned, seven out of seven trophies. He wouldn't have come to Celtic if there wasn't a promise of progress in Europe, John. What would constitute as success in Europe for you? Because it's not been since over a decade ago where Celtic got out of a Champions League group stage. I was still in nappies when we last won a European knockout game. Should progress in Europe be the expectation and what would success be? Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. For the- I, I didn't realize we'd won a European knockout game in the last couple of months. Uh, <laughs> so... so- 
<laughs> so, <laughs> so, uh, and as to your, your previous point there, Patrick, if, if, if Strachan was getting credit for our set pieces, he should have been sacked. Uh, so, <laughs> um, only the good ones, only the good ones. In terms of uh, uh, what we're saying going forward, uh, in, in Europe, as I said last week, what, one of the reports, and I was sort of then, I was trying to find back where it was. It was one of those sort of, you know, WhatsApps that was doing the round of the list of things that uh, he had uh, demanded and, and got, uh, apparently. And I said, you know, it just, to me, it just looked like a wish list. Um, but I, 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 the thing that was most uh, noteworthy, in my opinion, was... Uh, he'd asked for and got a commitment to the club for some sort of KPIs in Europe, you know, for some sort of targets in Europe. So, you know, as we had a big conversation last week about Banker, just basically going, ah, well, you know, we don't, you know, Europe's not worked out, so we didn't really bother with it, you know. And, you know, we can't win that competition, he says, and then just, you know, that's all right then, never mind, we'll not bother. Um, so that sort of attitude uh which seems to have been prevalent over the last decade or so. Um, we can't have that. So I, I really, really hope, as I said, more than the appointment of Brendan Rogers, the, the, the agreement of the board to have targets and accountability and KPIs for Europe could be the single most important thing that happens. That that would be massive. We've never had it. Never had it. There has been a vague wish you know that's all there's been. So you know, and it's you know, it's not a, you know a wish is not an objective, is not a target, is not a you know. It's like oh, that would be nice, wouldn't it? You know. So if you went into your boss and your boss said, "Listen, you don't need to hit these targets by the end of the year, but look, it would be it would be nice, and I'd be happy if you did." Oh, would you? I that's all right. Don't bother. Um, so you know it's we we have to have those targets and i i would be over the moon if that's the case absolutely over the moon because that's going to apply then to the next guy as well surely um so i i would want us uh, in this format obviously it changes after this year but in this format clearly success for us is a uh, post christmas in europe so uh I, there's an argument, obviously, if we did well, you know, if you did super well in the Champions League through the next round, yeah, I mean, you know, you might survive again, very unlikely, but let's say, you know, that would be fantastic. But realistically, what is success is we need to finish first, third, we need to get out of that group, we need to get into the Euros. Uh, the, the, you know, it may be a lesser competition, um, but it is, you know, round, that's where we are at the moment. So, uh, you know, realistically, that's what we want to see. I wanted to see that last year. I was very disappointed when we didn't get a run at that last year because I think we could do really well in that competition. Uh, and that's far more realistic for us. Uh, and I think the fans would enjoy it more. Um, uh, and, uh, you know, I, I think it could be much better for the players. You know, you've got confidence in Europe. You're getting repeated games in Europe. You've got much more experience in Europe. You're no longer, you know, worried about it. You know, you're getting real a good run of games. You know, it could be brilliant in all sorts of ways. But we have to get out of that group. Um, so third in that group is uh, essential. And uh, yeah, and obviously, uh, yeah, the treble as well. But that's just by the by. <laughs> well, for so many years, it was. The Celtic higher-ups who are just content with being better than Rangers, that was 
that was just enough. So it led to us falling behind on a European stage massively, where now we're so priced out by all of these bigger clubs that it's going to take a lot of progress. We've got to be consistently qualifying for the Champions League. But Celtic, with ambition to do something in Europe, it's a really exciting possibility. Corvo mentioned here, the Europa League final in Dublin, it's written in the stars. That would be Just down the road. That would be dead handy. It's 45 minutes in the train. Thanks, lads. Uh, just no, That's all we need to do. That's, uh, that's it. So Pete's mentioned here, winning a couple of games for a start would be a bit of progress. We didn't win a game in the group last season. I think two draws against Shakhtar. So that would be progress, Pete. You're right. But to make progress, do you think, Patrick, a change in approach would be needed, given the gulf in quality that I mentioned already? Can you beat these teams by trying to play football that looks good, play attacking football and going at them. Um, Liam mentioned yesterday, made a very good point actually, some of the biggest giant killings in recent years, Sheriff Tiraspol beating Real Madrid, Ajax beating Real Madrid, they were achieved through playing with no fear. It was all about attack, but we've tried to do that under Brendan Rodgers and under Ange last season and it hasn't worked. It's led to some embarrassing results to be perfectly honest with you. Do you think a more pragmatic style, sort of a switch from how we would usually play in Scotland when we're totally dominant would sort of prove to work for Celtic? Yeah, I think you have to. Um, obviously, that uh, and if you're in the Champions League, we'll be a pot four team and you're playing against that pot three team. Obviously, we get the two draws against Shakhtar. I think we'd have absolutely... I think we'd have probably battered them if they didn't have Mudrick, if I'm being honest. If Arsenal had just made... Uh, sorry, Arsenal or Chelsea had bought him last summer. I think we'd have battered them about, to be honest. Um, I thought Chelsea right, bought Kunku as well. Then maybe Josip Juranic would have a, a, bit uh, of, a bit of an easier time. <laughs> to the best attackers in Europe running at them. I know we'd have had, uh, we'd have had uh, 12 points out of 12 out of those four games. But, um, <laughs> I think I think you do need to be more pragmatic. And I mean, uh, what do you say to Brendan's credit? I don't know if he deserves credit for a 7-1 loss, but you know, PSG away, we played five at the back and if you actually look at some of our European games, we have been unlucky with injury. I mean, we went to Leipzig away with Stephen Welsh and Moritz Jens as a centre-half pair. Cal McGregor not get injured during the game as well. I got, I got injured early in the second half. Fine, we had to bring on Abelgard. And I think that 30-35 minute cameo was his, his longest amount of minutes in one game. Because <laughs> um, the guy is just perennially unfit, obviously. Um, but you do need to be more pragmatic. You need, you need to be more defensive. Um, obviously, you're saying you know you need to you need to go and attack the opposition because they do have weaknesses. It's about identifying them and just trying to exploit them. Because ninety minute game of football, obviously anyone can win it over the course of a league season. You know the, the better teams always almost always come out on top. But two league ties, there can be upsets, and you see it in Scotland. You know when we are struggling, it's because teams are in our face. Um, you know the teams that actually like to have a bit of a go, maybe like Hearts. Um, Rangers, obviously, um, Aberdeen, in years gone by, they've all sort of had a go, and that's when we struggled. Um, but obviously, you know, as, as John was saying, we've got one more uh, season of this Champions League format. If you can finish third and have a real run at the Europa League, and then the following season, you get eight Champions League group stage games or league games, and you need to finish in the top 24 out of 36 to get another two games and a sort of playoff round, so you can have 10 games. Um, if you, you only need to win two or three or get a couple of points and you can have 10 Champions League games. So in terms of finances, that'll be fantastic for us. 
Um, it's just about keeping the coefficient up so that we can constantly, you know, sort of win the league, qualify, win the league, qualify. And, uh, you know, if if we do get to the Europa League final in Dublin in May, maybe John's care home will let us, let us stay <laughs> before we make the journey down. Uh, do you think that's possible, John? Is there enough room? I'm more of a respect your elders kind of guy I wasn't going to go in with a low blow but I'm glad Paddy done it for me <laughs> uh, yeah, no, that's, that's fair enough uh, in, in terms of uh, 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 Rogers, it was interesting I was listening to the the fella today uh, I was just driving up after a meeting and I had uh, Alan Morrison's uh, podcast on there was a guy who was a a bit of a Leicester expert, and he said a couple of things that were interesting. And you know, one thing that was sort of worrying, um, he said a few things that were worrying actually, but you know, again, there was positives in there as well. But in terms of flexibility, we know that uh, Rogers is far more flexible uh, than uh, than Ange was really, and uh, he will play whatever system suits uh, depending on the opposition. So when he went down there, he was playing four one four one, and he had a lot of uh, success with that. Uh, ideally, he was playing four two three one or four three three. Apparently, only ever went to five at the back when there was injuries. Um, now, the interesting thing was that apparently they set up last year. For the whole of last year, uh, during close season, they were setting up to play with inverted fullbacks, uh, and then those boys, both of whom apparently were critical, uh, got injured. Uh, so that scuppered the entire, you know, uh, build up from this season. So um, that's interesting, though. I didn't know he was thinking about that or was intending to do that because apparently he had, he had some some success with it. Uh, so that was good. Uh, what he did say, though, uh, which brought back a few memories, was when Rogers is faced with what he believes to be superior opposition, uh, he sets up uh, essentially uh, counter-attacking. He doesn't have a goal. Uh, and, you know, as a result of that, the Leicester guy was very frustrated because he felt that they could have taken... X number of points from just attacking teams because he felt they were good enough to do that. Now, the argument is, are we good enough to do that? Uh, and is it a better approach? Um, you know, I, I, the counter-attacking thing isn't a bad shout for us. Uh, conceding lots of possession is definitely a bad shout for us. So, uh, you know, it, it might have to be counter-attacking, but we're still pressing very hard and very high because... You know, if, if we concede a lot of possession against much superior opposition, we are going to get pummeled. Um, so we need to keep it uh, aggressive. And I, you know, again, I have no problem with with with, with counter attacking. We have the, the players to do that. Uh, you know, and I think that would suit us well. Um, but you know, I, again, I, I'm not sure how he's going to set. And it's, it's going to be so interesting to see what he thinks of the makeup of the squad because he likes a big athletic midfielder, uh, you know that sort of guy, uh, the, the kind of boy that's been linked with us. What is it in Didi? Um, but uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But as someone said, you just want to sign him so when he scores, you can go yes, in Didi. Um, but the, the, the headlines uh, write themselves. <laughs> but apparently he's on like seventy-five grand a week, so that's just a dream. He's never coming. Um, but he does like a big athletic midfielder, and that is not the makeup of our team. Uh, so I, I really do wonder uh, what his first moves are going to be, and in terms of how he's going to um, how he's going to present himself going forward. You know, I tweeted out there. I, I think 
he's very much going to be actions speak louder than words. I think he will want to get a few signings under his belt. He will want to get you know a stamp on the 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 team before you know you see a lot of them in the media. I think his first media appearance is this Friday. Uh, and he will need to deal with some of these issues, uh, so it'll be interesting to see uh, what how he approaches it. I don't know, lads. What do you think he's going to do? Do you think he's going to come out all guns blazing? Do you think he's going to come out apologetic? Uh, where do you think he's going to pitch it? It's going to be box office viewing, nonetheless. I think you, you can't. Rogers, he's always sort of been sort of straight. To, he always likes to. He's good in the media. He's always got something to say. So I don't think he's going to try and shy away from it. I think he'll tackle it head on. Whether that's going to be for the best for the fans' view of him at Celtic, you never really know. Paddy, what do you think will happen at Brendan's first presser? I don't think he's going to come out and apologise. Um, I, I just can't see that at all. I don't think... that, that's admitting he's wrong if he comes out. And exactly. Exactly. Because obviously, I mean, from a, a neutral point of view, he wasn't wrong. He went down, he finished fifth twice, he won the FA Cup semi-final European competition um, so you know you've got to say that's a successful spell at Leicester even if you know monetary constraints did sort of end up hampering him and hampering the club and he gets sacked in 17th or 18th or whatever it was but um, aye, guys with that ego with that stature who are you know with that ability if you want to call it that um, they won't come out and apologise in press conferences. They'll, they'll try and word it differently. And if he's constantly asked the same question, I'm sure Celtic will just tell the journalists to, you know, start asking different questions or Brendan's going to leave. You know, start asking questions about the team and the new season and what the plans are. I, I, he's not going to be apologetic, I don't think. Um, well, he's, he's, going to, he's going to deflect, but, uh, you know, isn't he? Because at the end right. of the day, he can't give his side of the argument because... You know, in different circumstances, maybe you could say, "Look, I had problems," or but you can't because the man responsible for those problems is currently chairman of the club, <laughs> and, 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 and was sitting next to him when he was uh, signing his contract. Um, so, you know, it, it's it's a difficult one for him. He doesn't really have any choice but to deflect. Um, I would, however, very much hope that behind the scenes there is an acknowledgement that there are people who are annoyed, and uh, you know, I've said this repeatedly this week. You know, I don't know why people in this uh, argument uh, think you can tell people how to feel. You can't tell people how to feel in any other aspect of your life, you know, although I'm sure there's a few single people out there who might think you can, but you cannot tell people how to feel. You know, so if people are uh, angry or annoyed, you saying they shouldn't be angry or annoyed, that's like in the middle of an argument going, calm down, just calm down. Do you know what I mean? It's a sure way to get divorced. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So <clears throat> it's, uh, <clears throat> I think there has to be some acknowledgement that people are annoyed. Um, now, I would I would hope that behind the scenes there's a bit of outreach going on there. Maybe he's meeting with Green Brigade or fan groups or going out to talk to them and, you know, have a bit of a chat and try and, you know, settle the waters. At the same time, I think people are entitled to their opinions uh, and very much so, and I'm not going to tell them how to feel, but I wouldn't want to see any display of that in the stadium uh, at the start of the new season. Yes, you're annoyed. Yes, you're fine. But this is the manager. Uh, he is a very, very well-qualified manager. He is now integral to the success of the team. You have a choice to support the manager and the team. Um, you know He has done nothing wrong this time yet. 
Uh, so if you want to criticise him, criticise him on his performance. Um, so, you know, yes, I, I, you know, again, as I say, let's not take away from people. I think that the club has work to do. I think people are entitled to their feelings. But, you know, I don't want to see any display of that, you know, in a stadium. Uh, so, you know, uh, hopefully the, the club will do what they have to do. Brendan will do it. They, they didn't go into this blind. They knew there would be this reaction. Yeah. You know what I mean? So... I don't think I've seen a manager greeted with less enthusiasm. Uh, you know, given what a massive signing he is, given how important he could be, given how important this could be for the club, um, you know, to, to get this sort of uh, everyone's, uh, you know, well, you know, it's like you're having this inner conflict with yourself, and I am as well. So, you know, I'm not criticising anyone for that. Um, but again, let's just, uh, as I say, let's get to work. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Yeah, it's such a strange sort of feeling around the appointment. It's not yeah. the, the lack of enthusiasm. It's not about the call of the manager. It's about the person behind the yeah. manager. It's it's going to be an interesting few weeks to say the least. But yeah. we like to get everyone in the comments' opinions on the show. And John's been running a few polls on Twitter. You guys think a four-two-three-one is the place, is the formation to use in Europe? So that would suggest. I revert to what Rodgers would usually sort of utilise in Europe. And there's no... He's going to be upgrading the team somewhere. There's going to be improvements that need to make. So, Patrick, if you're lining up this team 4-2-3-1 for a Champions League game, who starts and which positions are improved? Because I think you've got to have a new goalkeeper there. You'd have Johnson, Carter Vickers. Controversial opinion, but you've got a new centre-back right there next to him. You have Taylor left-back, O'Reilly, Hatate, McGregor. Dream scenario, then you would have a bad Kyogo Jota. But if a bad is out the door, then a new winger, Patrick, how would you line up? It's it's, it's difficult now because you, whatever uh, 11 we, we pick from the, the, the crop of players we have at the moment, it's almost certainly not going to be the, st- the first start 11 on the 19th or 20th of September when we play our first Champions League game. Um, uh, De- I definitely a new goalkeeper. I've been saying this for about a year. We definitely need a new keeper. Um, not, I mean, Joe Hart's fine, but you don't really want fine if you're wanting to try and progress in Europe. You know, it really is creme de la creme, proper ruthless um, clubs that we are dealing with here. I mean, look at Man City, Bayern Munich. They're just absolutely ruthless in the way they go about their business. So we need a new goalkeeper. Um, I'm I'm tempted to say we need. I, I mean, if we're going to be ruthless, I'm tempted to say we need an upgrade on left back. Um, oh. Because Taylor was. I know the whole team was a bit poor for the last three months of the season, but I think Taylor especially went off the boil in a lot of games. Um, I actually don't think Starfield is that. I don't think we need need one that much. Um, I think Carter Vickers and Starfield are, are sort of fine. Uh, Johnson, I think, is fine. Um, I would go with McGregor, Hatati, and O'Reilly. Um, if all three of them are still here. Um, I've got concerns about Hatate, if I'm being honest. Um, I, ever since he sort of 
I mean, he was absolutely ridiculously phenomenal um, just after the turn of the year, January, February, early March. And it seemed inevitable that if he continued that, we'd sell him. And then he got injured for a year, uh, a month, sorry. So um, it was almost like a good injury, if you want to call it that. But I think he might be one to go. And as you say, Abada, I think, is another one that's been linked before and continues to be linked. Um, but if it is to be those three, and obviously we can't predict who's going to come in, I would have those three as well, Jota, Abada and Kyogo. Um, so I probably, just to... The one necessary upgrade, I think, would be goalkeeper. Um, I just, I wouldn't, I wouldn't feel as if I'm making progress if we go into the Champions League with Joe Hart. Um, no offence to the big guy, but just my opinion. Yeah, too often in recent years, it's been goalkeeping mistakes that have cost us guys like Craig Gordon and Hart last year, and Leipzig especially. It's really cost us, and the fans agree with us on one of John's polls. Thirty-one percent of the viewers thought that the goalkeeper was the priority signing. John, it's yeah. interesting when you're looking at the transfer market for a goalkeeper, do we need a keeper that can play out from the back? Do we need a Goliath shot stopper like Forster, who in the last decade is probably our most successful goalkeeper in Europe? Because as a team who's going to be getting attacked a lot, we arguably would need a strong shot stopper. It's going to be able to keep us in the game with about the shots we're going to be facing. And a balance of those two is really hard to find. And they cost a pretty penny because that's what the big teams look for. How do you how do you improve the Celtic goalkeeper? So first, first of all, uh, I'll come back to the formation thing. But that particular, the the I've run that poll before. You remember, Patrick? You got it wrong back then as well. Uh, and uh, but the difference was, um, you know, let's say Brendan Rodgers wants to make a record-breaking initial signing. So what position should this totemic player play? And you were saying you were surprised at, for instance, how close the other positions were, like midfield, 25%, striker, 22%. Yeah. But that's that's because we asked the question differently the last time. Uh, because if you're saying totemic player, record-breaking signing, then the majority of people think, OK, well, the reality is, yes, we're, we're relatively strong in midfield, but that's where games are won and lost. So, you know, you, you want a guy in there. Striker. Critical, absolutely critical. Um, the def- you know, another central defender, critical, absolutely critical. <clears throat> and I think I would have all three of those before I had a keeper because I believe, um, you know, it's very, very difficult, as you say, that, that if you just, if you, that list of, um, that list of talents that you ran through there, that list of skills that you ran through there, that's what every team wants. You know, Jack Charlton's not managing anymore. So, you know, that's every single team wants a guy, you know, wants a keeper that can play like Maradona, you know, and he can shots, you know, stop shots like a, a you know, a brick wall, <laughs> you know. So everyone wants that. So, you know, so what are we going to get? You know, so if you're not going to Joe Hart, and I believe Hart is flawed, and he was flawed in the Champions League last year. There was a couple of things went against him, but... We leave the keeper so exposed playing that way, you know, with Ange Ball. We leave the defence so exposed. We leave the keeper so exposed. That's where it comes back to the formation thing. You know, so you can be made to look very foolish at this level, you know, against the world's best players when you're completely exposed. So are we going to find, who are we going to find for any sort of money that can uh, save like Hart, uh, that can, uh, he's managed to learn how to play out with his feet. Uh, do you know what I mean? That was, I mean, Brendan Rodgers last 
effort at a goalkeeper was Craig Gordon, who was he was as good with his feet as a one-legged man that just been kneecapped, you know. <laughs> <clears throat> so it's uh, you've got the you know heart there. Yes, he is. You know, yeah, you wouldn't say he's. On, you could say he's on the decline. He's getting older for sure, but that doesn't shouldn't necessarily be a, a major factor with a keeper. Um, but you know, we have to find someone who is this miraculous blend of skills for something approaching, you know, what we can afford to pay. That's very, very difficult. Um, so, you know, is he in the building? Is Seagrass the answer? Uh, who knows? We know Scott Bain isn't the answer. Um, Absolutely you know, not. So, uh, unless the question is who should we move on? Uh, <clears throat> so, the you know, it's it's a difficult one. Uh, the, the position, you know, if I had a choice, I would upgrade you know, either left back or central defence, I would upgrade at least one of those big, magic, athletic, um, you know, midfielders that can run forever and disrupt all of those things. You know, another real quality striker because Kyogo's uh, hamstrings are all that stand between us and having a, an unfolding striker. Um, so, you know, there's lots of areas you could look to build on. Lots of areas you could look to build on. Uh, and, uh, you know, as I say, that's twice we've run that poll and it's twice that everyone got it wrong by saying goalkeeper. <laughs> it's an interesting point you make because I've been doing work on the Axon blog recently. And I was going to work on a piece on a potential goalkeeper Celtic could get. And as I'm looking through these leagues and looking at these keepers, the, the options aren't really there that Celtic can afford. But you can't really shy away from the fact that it is a problem area. I, I was surprised when I saw the midfield was the second most voted option. I think the midfield's one of our strongest positions. I thought Rio Hitati was a standout player in Europe. I think Cal McGregor is vital. If we're going to play a sort of attacking style of football and not be pragmatic, Cal McGregor's important to that. Because if we're starting from the back, McGregor's the guy that gives the composure to our centre-backs to have the ability to play off the back. He's always there, he's always available, and he's always the option. But we're getting light with a midfielder at the moment. Odin Thiago home, Norwegian outlet Netavisen, he's reported he's currently having his medical in London and the deal will be completed soon if he passes it. 20 years old, and he was recently up there for the Golden Boy Award, which is for the best under-21 players in Europe. So clearly highly rated coming from Norway. I thought the talks had dried up for a few days. The papers had went quiet. So I was thinking that it was all paper talk, it's all over. I actually said that yesterday and come today he's have this medical down in London. So, Patrick, what do you think Odin Holmes' potential signing says for the Celtic midfield? Do you think somebody would have to go if he's to come in? Because there's there's lots of midfielders at the club already, I think. Yeah, we've got, we've got an abundance and it's just a matter of how many are good enough and when you say how many are good enough, what level are you talking about? Because... I mean, if you're talking about the Champions League, we're never going to have 11 that are good enough for that. Um, if you're talking about Europa League, yes, you could have maybe 8, 9 or 10, but you're probably going to have 2, 3, 4 leaving every single window. Um, so it's it's a hard thing to judge. And if you're judging it based on Scotland, well, you say to yourself, why are you judging it on SPFL level? Do you not want to progress? Um, so it's, a, it's an interesting one, I think, you know, it probably dried up because all the papers were focused on Brendan for a few days because <laughs> everyone was in tender hooks. I think since Wednesday night, Thursday morning, everyone was just sort of waiting for the announcement to come. Um, 
But you know, by the sounds of things from that report that you mentioned, it sounds as if it's as long as he doesn't feel as medical, it should be over the line. Um, I doubt it's a Brendan Rodgers signing. It's it's almost certainly one that you know Celtic have been scouting for a while. Um, from the from the five seconds I've seen on him on Twitter, he looks <laughs> a brilliant player. Uh, the one clip I've seen, he skips past two players in midfield, so I'm delighted. Um, I, I, I don't see him going straight into the first team. You know, if you were to talk about maybe Abada and O'Reilly, um, these are guys who came in immediately made an impact, but it was because they had to. Um, if I remember correctly, O'Reilly came in because Turnbull and Beaton were injured and we yeah, played Turnbull McCarthy in midfield against... Uh, and we're playing McCarthy against St Johnston and you know, all of a sudden we had to go to Tynecastle, had to play Rangers. Then Abada, obviously, right at the beginning, you know, we, we just had a mass exodus and he was the first signing. So luckily he made a, an immediate impact. And we're, not, we're luckily we're not in that situation anymore. You know, this is a guy who he can come in, young guy, so it'll be hard for him to settle in. Um, he can sort of learn how the manager wants to play. Uh, with all due respect, he's, I mean, I, I don't know where Valerenga finished last season, but. The relegation. The older in, they're just off the relegation zone at the moment. Right. Um, I'd imagine Celtic play at a higher level than Valerenga. Certainly, they certainly play at a higher level than most Norwegian teams. I would say, uh, if not all Norwegian teams. So, I can't see him making a, an immediate impact unless he turns out to be a wonder kid. But um, it's good to get the first signing over the line because with all the manager speculation, all of a sudden it's the twenty first of June, and you're saying, "Oh, we've not made a signing yet." And you probably don't need a signing, and uh, you probably don't need new players unless people go out the door until you know the Champions League rolls around middle of September. So you still get three months, but it's good to have the first signing off the line and see the club are making progress. Yeah, with the players that leave the Norwegian league, it's quite hit and miss. You'll get a Haaland or an Odegaard that will go out and hit the ground running. But a lot of the players that have recently left the league, from like Bodo Glimt in particular, they've gone to big clubs around sort of Europe's top five leagues, failed and gone right back to Bodo Glimp. So you'd hope he wouldn't suffer a similar fate to that. But, John, yeah. the talks have been ongoing yeah. since before Rodgers came into the club, before he was announced. Yeah. Well, since the move's progressing now, do you think he's green-lighted it? There's a, there's a, a couple of points there. The first one is uh, Odin is a very cool name. Absolutely. Uh, you know, king of the Norse gods. So, great name for a young player or a, a, a loyal dog. Uh, <laughs> so... Um, but in terms of you know our midfield, I mean we went through this the other week. So uh, Sorrow, Shaw, McGregor, O'Reilly, Hatati, Turnbull, Moy, McCarthy, um, Wata. So you know, is there room in there for him? Yeah, yeah, there is. Aye, yeah, because there's there's a good few of those boys that need to be on their way. Uh, and we did that. You know, we went through the strengths and weaknesses the other week. So for sure, in terms of the, the club making a sign. It was an interesting something I picked up on uh, when I was listening to that boy from Leicester talking. He was saying that a couple of the really strange signings they had because they have the model that we should have, the infrastructure in the background. Their business model is they buy them uh, as potential, build them up you know, uh, and you know, uh, then sell them on a much higher rate. The difference being, obviously, what they're buying as potential is much more expensive than what we are buying as potential. So you know, that's just a, that's just the way it works, and that's where we hope to be in the future. But they were talking about Rogers specifically insisting on two players. They they pumped Southampton nine 0 
uh, and then Rogers signed both their centre halves, right? And he insisted on it apparently, and they they considered that you know he phrased it as the manager shouldn't have been interfering with with the signings, and I just thought that was such a strange thing to hear. The manager shouldn't have been interfering with signings. This is bizarre, <laughs> you know, because that's not the way we are still running the manager as king model. But that's not the model, in my view. We, we should be running because Brendan's going to be gone in a couple of years. Uh, someone else will be in. So the, the club needs to be able to continue functioning. And we have that same business model at a slightly lesser degree. So the, the kind of people we are, we are buying, we should not be really be deviating from unless there's a very, very good reason. You know, and those particular two signings cost Leicester dearly. Uh, both on the park and in terms of the, the they gave them huge contracts um, and they were basically hopeless. So, you know, that, that cost them very, very dearly. So if you get that wrong, if you go all out there, you know, um, and without sticking to your model, because, you know, when we sign people, if they don't work out, if you look at who we signed in the last year, if we don't work out, it's like, eh, you know, I mean, the, the only ones we took any real risk on were CCV and Jota, and that wasn't a risk because we'd seen them play for a year. Yeah. You know, but every, everyone else, it's like, if it doesn't work, we'll move them on, we'll get a few quid from fine, whatever. So, you know, the idea is that it's low risk, high reward. You know, and people will come, you did say the positive thing about Brendan is, people will come, especially young players, will come to the club because Brendan has a track record of making players better. So and they had they had a couple of players that went to the club specifically because Brendan was there. Um, so you know that's a real positive. But we need to be careful because you know we're talking about you know he's, he's been promised you know he'll be able to you know sort of break the model and make a couple of you know big signings. Well, they better work out. They really better work out you know because we we can't afford to make mistakes like that. So you know they they would need to be proven guaranteed box office a guaranteed success on the pitch because we can't have 12 million pound failures you know we can't have 15 million pound failures it just can't happen you know so uh, you know breaking the business model uh, is only a good idea for as long as you're successful and as long as it's working uh, and suddenly when it goes wrong everyone just says well you shouldn't have done that because that's not what we do so you know, I've seen it before in business, and uh, you know you can go from hero to zero very quickly. Um, you know, uh, so the, that's. I, I thought it was a couple of interesting points, and it, the the way that you know, again, going back to that formation, the four two three one, as it stands today, you know, you you would be looking. It would be a, for me um, the, the usual back four: uh, Awata and McGregor, um, and then the you know front three. Really depends. You know, um, you know. So, you know, I would maybe go uh, Jota uh, or Abada Jota. Uh, I might have O'Reilly at the, at the tip of the the thing there in Kyogo. Uh, so, uh, you know, it's it, it, but it, you know, you if we're looking at if we're looking at throwing a lot of money at it, if we're looking at having. Yeah, you know, thirty million is a bigger war chest. And, you know, what was Angie's net? I think we, myself and Paul John, went down one when day. We got his net. His net was either six million if you didn't include uh, Big Gigi, and then it was down to about two million if you did include that transfer. So he spent two million quid, <laughs> you know, in, in total. 
you know, if you net it down. So thirty million, oof, and that's you know that that's far far more than we've granted any other manager. So you know the, the club are obviously confident he's a man for the job. Uh, Brendan's going to have to be very confident in these signings because you can't make mistakes like you know the, the the kind of mistakes you can make in the Premier League. We just can't survive those. Yeah, it's interesting you mentioned Timoke Ward. I was speaking to Liam on the show yesterday. We both think it could be a really big season for Timoke Ward, especially if Rio Hitate goes. Patrick, do you think Timoke Ward could have a big season? He was the J League Player of the Year last season. He came in with sort of a lot of expectation he'd played with Ange before he didn't really get the minutes it's because I think it would have been because the part of the season we were in you had to go full strength to sort of wrap this title up you couldn't really afford to rotate the team but do you think it's a sort of never never season for a while he has to grab every opportunity he gets yeah I think so and I think he'll probably get that chance Um, you know you expect at least one of the midfielders to leave and you can see him certainly been in the mix. Um, I thought, you know, he came on against Rangers on the 8th of April and I thought he'd done... Actually, I, I said at the time on the podcast, I thought it, you know, Celtic looked poor after he came on, but I think that was just sort of the nature of the game. They made yeah. it 3-2, it was a bit shaky and we were actually fairly comfortable if you watch it back, but he came in then and he, I thought he'd done really well through the month of April and then Carter Vickers goes off with his surgery and uh, we start sort of playing players out of position, trying different players at centre-half. Interestingly, I, I said, you know, he might try Stephen Welsh because he was, he was sort of almost wanting to see how they all fitted in. I was the he same. never tried Welsh, which I was thinking, God, that's quite interesting. He's, I mean, if you're playing two, if you're playing a midfielder ahead of a centre-half, what does that say about the centre-half? But um, I, I think he's a cracking midfield player from the, you know, the, the camera appearances that we've seen in the month of April. Um, I thought he'd done really, really well quite quick, quite strong, so he could, he could definitely, you know, take his place in the team. I don't know whether, I don't think he'll be a standout player. Um, you know, I've not really seen much of him going forward. I don't know if that's maybe, I don't know if that's even part of his game, but um, I think he'll definitely get his chance. And, you know, as John says, it'll be interesting to see if we actually, if that's going to be a next spend of £30 million, I mean, expectations are going to go through the roof because um, I don't think you're, you you can't have an expend of thirty million and say, "Oh, I really want to win the league cup and win a hundred and twenty grand." Um, you really do need to be making progress in Europe because um, I think I think Paul John yeah. said in the podcast last week, if you win all three domestic trophies, you get something like five point eight million. So yeah. there's no incentive to spend thirty million net. So yeah. it, it really is. You probably get around that same amount of money, like just for winning. One or two games in the Champions League, it's crazy. Aye, uh, one, one Champions League one. Uh, it's, well, let's hope we can get that. That would be some progress. But yeah. there's a lot of talk in the chat on Kyogo and some recent comments. It, it popped up sort of in my view just about half an hour before the show started. Kyogo, after Japan's 4-1 victory over Peru, he said, my ambition this season, that one just passed, was to win all three trophies and win the player of the year. And I've managed that, but right now, I want to have a long rest and think about things. I'm delighted I was able to end a great season for me on a high. The key comment there is I want to have a long rest and think about things. It could just be the overthinking head on my shoulders. But, John, do you think there's any cause for concern about that? Should we be looking into it? Well, when you pointed that out to me, I asked you what the question was and you you sent me the article. Um, And so, again, 
uh, it was Maeda's response, I think, to me, highlighted what was lacking. So Maeda was talking about playing under the new manager. I don't know where I'll fit in. Hope to keep on improving. Uh, looking forward to all the things you'd want to hear. Um, you say he wants to do things his way, yeah. Yeah, he wants to do things his way. And I, I think that um, the, the Kyogo comment had a real smack of Ange deflection about it. Uh, it was There was no mention of the new season. Uh, there was no mention of the new uh, playing under the new manager. Uh, there was no mention of how he felt about that, really. So there's always the, the, the possibility something's been lost in translation. Maybe that's just where his head was at at the time. Maybe it means nothing. But if you read into these comments, as we tend to do, you know, uh, Maeda's comment was unequivocal. Uh, and uh, that uh, uh, Kyogo's comment was not. Yeah, Jim... Patrick, do you think we should be looking too much at these comments? Because these the players were brought over from the J League from Japan. They were brought in by Ange. If Ange wasn't there, we wouldn't have any Japanese players in the first place. I don't think. Do you think Ange's departure could spell a, a sort of exodus? Do you think we could see a lot of them moving on now? I know Kyogo's agents. I think it's a German agency that he's with. So I think I think a move to the Bundesliga or something could be on the cards for Kyogo, he's 28, it's really a now or never, he's at a real big crossroads in his career, it's either a new contract, Celtic's the place, become a legend, or it's this is your last chance to get the big move in Europe. Yeah, and, and crucially for Celtic, it's, you know, it may be our last chance to get big money, and I think that's probably where you do have to say to Brendan, look, do you think you can get the absolute best out of this guy, or is he going to play second fiddle, or is he going to be even close to playing second fiddle, and I think if he's not going to be Brendan's main man up top, you'd probably got to cash in, really. Um, you, know, I, I, you know, the Bundesliga seems to be the one he was linked with. I, I moved to Bundesliga maybe a month or two ago, and, you know, I think, as you're saying, the agency is the obvious link. And I think we all just assume when players go for big money, it's going to be at the Premier League, because that's the place with the most money, so we can extract the most money for the value of the player. And, um, you know, Kyogo is worth 10, 15, 20 million quite easily, in my opinion. Um, you know, he, he might have struggled in the Champions League, but it, I don't think his overall play was too bad. He just he didn't really get the his, his, his shooting boots on, if you want to call it that. Um, but 34 goals in the league last season. You know, you're talking about Maeda there as well. He's he's 26 as well. Um, you know, that's another one you probably have to say to the manager. He's coming at the prime of his career. Can you get the best out of him? If not, you know, it, it is so difficult to see. It's easy to see where Maeda's coming from. It's, it's difficult to see where he fits into anyone apart from an Ange team because it, it's it's such a unique role that he plays where he's so quick and so full of energy that he's basically just there to press. And, you know, sometimes you might think his footballing ability is lacking a bit, but aye, there's, a, there's a few of those players that you see yourself. I mean, I think Atati could, you know, fit in any team. I think he's a quality player. Um the jury's out in the rest of them, in my opinion. But uh, I think it'd be quite ironic if we'd done this to a Japan and there's no Yokohama's manager <laughs> and there's no first-team Japanese players. That would be the most hilarious <laughs> twist. And I'm sure yeah. Rangers fans would be rubbing their hands talking about how we cancelled in 2008 and we're going to cancel in 2023. And, uh, 
I mean, I'm not saying we're not going to sell Kyogo because we've got a tour coming up, but yeah. it would be really quite difficult to pull that off without any, you know, big Japanese stars. As long well, as Brendan Rogers isn't up on a stage telling stories about meetings with Shinsuke Nakamura or whatever, then that, that, that would be the worst possible thing that could happen on that Japan tour. Yeah, John, what were you going to well, say there? The, the thing about it is, you know, it's not like Ange speaks Japanese. You know, so the the, the he was he basically plundered the J League uh, because he knew these guys were quality. He knew we could get them for decent money, and he brought them in. Uh, so I imagine they're grateful to him for the opportunity. But they've got that opportunity now. They've got that opportunity. They were brought to Europe, which no one else was going to do. So they're here now. So you know whether Ange is is here or gone. You know, I, I, I don't really see why that would be a factor other than the fact, you know, I'm sure they're grateful, as I say, to him bring them, but he's not going to take them to Tottenham. You know, so I don't see that happening. Um, look, <clears throat> it's a difficult one with Kyogo. I, you know, because I, when we were going through the sort of squad the other week and saying whether it was indispensable or, you know, uh, preferred to stay or all the rest of it, I was sort of... You know, Kyogo, I went for in, indispensable, but the reality is, you know, he is uh, for us at the moment, given our striker situation, he is indispensable. But it depends who we bring in, um, you know, because we do need another striker. Regardless, in my opinion, we can't have two guys uh, who play a completely different way. Um, so we need another striker, and preferably another quality one. As you point out, he's getting to that age as a, especially as a striker, especially as a striker whose speed of movement is absolutely critical to his game. Uh, he is getting to that age uh, where you either have to, you say, cash in or he doubles down here uh, and tries to become a legend. Because again, if his hamstrings go again, you know, he gets another injury. Get, you know, like any striker, he gets fouled a lot. You know, he's maybe got three years, four years. He's maybe got two years, you know, at the top of the game and then another couple of years at a lower level. That's just the way it goes with strikers. Um, so, you know, would you... I, I mean, I would hate to see him go. Absolutely hate to see him go, especially in current circumstances. We couldn't do without him. But, you know, if you're bringing in, you know, a serious name, if you're bringing in a, a serious player, a quality player, then... You know, Kyogo's not going to want to sit on the bench. He's not going to want to be Georgios Jackamakis. You know, he's not going to want to sit on the bench for every week. You know, so and he will have plenty of options. Uh, he's it's not just because he's top striker in Scotland, because of the way he plays. Uh, you know, his style of play is fantastic. You know, for me, he's just he's so sharp. It's it's, it's a thing of beauty to watch. It. It's, you know, and the way he was finishing, you're talking about the, the Champions League, um, Patrick. But I mean, he wasn't even on a game at that point. He he, he hadn't even started playing well at that point. Um, so he only came on to a game later on in the year. And what a game. What a game he comes on to. Fantastic to see. Wonderful player. And, um, you know, again, if, if we're going to pull something off in the striking department, it's going to have to be very, very, very good in order to replace Kyogo because not that easy to replace, what, 34 goals a year. Um, so it's, it would be a big, big loss. You think the story, John, of Celtic's summer transfer window then, it's going to be more about replacing the players that leave? Because if well, we've, we've talked about quite a few players now that could potentially be out the door. I think it's going to be more replacing the players that go than building up on what we have already yeah. then? 
Yeah, because I mean, they, they are, you know, some of the guys that we're talking about going, they are your, your premium assets, their premier assets, that's what everybody wants. Uh, and hopefully, you know, if we've got, like, uh, you know, if we get sort of, you know, 10, 15, 20 million, you know, if we're willing to put 25 million into the next guy, you know, and they spend the 5 million, you know, that would be unbelievable. That takes us to a different league. That's the whole point. This, this is what's so exciting about this. Is any of that true? You know, what is the transfer budget? That's what I'd like to know. And basically, you know, how can we get to that next level? And we have all the issues that come with that, the challenges that come with that, you know, the wages, the fact that, you know, we don't really need players of that quality for the rest of the year, you know, other than in the Champions League. So we have a huge number of challenges, um, but it's going to be really fun to find out uh, over the next couple of months. So very much looking forward to it. Yeah, with the whole penny-pinching outlook behind us, apparently, we can't be too certain until we see the proof in the pudding. Yeah. It's going to be a very exciting few months for Celtic. Thank you, everybody, for getting involved in the chat. Just under 1,000 people joining us for the full hour. If you have enjoyed the show with me, Patrick, and John Hughes, be sure to press like and subscribe, and we'll see you tomorrow for the Thursday Bulletin. Network.